Welcome to episode 16 of the Black and Fashion Podcast. I'm so excited this week. I am joined by Nisi Marie. Um, Nisi Marie is an East Coast-based fashion brand um, founded in 2013 by Bernicia. Bryanicia. Nisi <laughs> Francois. Francis. Francis. Oh, I'm way off. <laughs> But that's why I got you right here to help me. (laughs) Inspired by individuality and those who dare to be different, Nisi Marie is bringing something refreshing to the fashion scene because the founder refuses to follow trends along with aspirations of one day becoming a high fashion brand makes this line a force to be reckoned with. So let's say hi to Nisi and welcome her to the show. Yes, yes, yes. So happy you're here. So what I like to do, like in the beginning, and stuff like that, just like because a warm up, and like I do like an icebreaker. Okay. It's called like this or that. So jumpsuits or rompers? Jumpsuits. Uh, rompers aren't for everybody. You look like a baby. <laughs> shorts or pants? Pants. Shorts aren't for everybody. You have to have legs. Skirts or dresses? Skirts. Sneakers or heels? I will wear sneakers, but I prefer other people to wear. (laughs) (laughs) Dusters or blazers? Oh, blazers. I hate dusters. (laughs) Um, Sew-ins or wigs? Neither. Yeah, it's natural. No, not because it's like that. It's not like a black power thing. It's honestly because I can't wear either. Like, I... I don't, I shouldn't have nice things. I can't take care of a sewing or a wig. <laughs> I feel you, I feel you. And do you prefer uh, hair wraps or, um, what was that question? It was hair wraps or, I think berets, I think I said before, hair wraps or berets. Oh. Um, or like I, fedoras, like hair wraps or hats, basically. Oh, no. If it's a hat, it has to be a fedora. I mean, it has to be a beret. Everybody can't wear the Pharrell fedora. And um, most of the time, I'd rather just wear a head wrap. Gotcha. Okay, cool. You sound good. We sound good. So the first part of the segment is it's called It's a Look. This is something new I'm trying. Like, I have, okay. like, different segments on there. So you'll be my first one to try these out. Okay. Is there anybody that you've seen in the media this week that you felt like they had, like, the ultimate slay? Oh, yeah. Well, this week was a real slow week. But mm-hmm. um, it was Diana Ross's birthday the other day. And um, Tracy did like this whole 70s look with uh, a vintage Versace diamond dress that was like a peach color. And then she oh. had the multicolored um, Louboutins with a big ostrich fur mm-hmm. and a nice bowl cut. Like she put it all the way together. Oh, yes, Tracy. Mother always come through. Mm-hmm. I love Tracy Ellis. So we're gonna jump right into the interview. So you um, are an amazing artist. Thank I love you. your stuff. Always did. I just want you to discuss like what inspires you and like how you got started. Okay. Um, well, I've been drawing since I was two, um, but what really inspired me was I way before this whole body empowerment movement and everybody loving everybody movement. I've always had a concern as to why girls who look like me weren't represented in media or or fashion in particular. My goal was to always show girls who were stacked in high fashion looks. Um, You didn't have to just be be Kim K to finally wear high fashion looks, or you didn't have to finally get to be a Nicki Minaj to wear these looks. 
I felt it was unfair that girls who were shaped like me didn't always have the opportunity to be shown in these arenas. So right. that's where my inspiration really came from. And then it turned into more of a um, a confidence thing, more or less of a, a Afrocentric thing. It was just the women I draw really exude confidence and represent power. So that's where all of that comes from. Nice. So um, are you a self-taught artist or did you go to school? A little bit of both. Okay. Um, before I went to a performance art, performance arts high school, mm-hmm. I had to get accepted into the. I went to arts high school in Newark. I had to be accepted into that. But before that, everything I did, I taught myself. Whether it be seeing it out or seeing it in print, seeing it in magazines, I would just go off of visual memory mm-hmm. and just go home and try it myself. So it's a little bit of both. Because once I got to high school, we were doing everything. Um, they taught us how to do sculpture, still life, ceramics. But did you have to know how before getting into the form? The That's the thing. That's school? why I said a little bit of both. Because before we went, you had to have something for them to work with. Like, you had to be accepted. So you had to know how to do something coming out of eighth grade. Yeah. That's I had to know how to use paints and things like that. Mm-hmm. Different type, like they, of course, they brought in your horizons once you got in there. Mm-hmm. But to get accepted, you had to be a little bit fluent in the arts. Interesting. Oh, they was cutthroat there. Like they was making sure. Like well, the, it was, the skill can set. I curse on here? Huh? Can I curse? Yeah. Like, it was bullshit. Well, <laughs> <laughs> because when when we got there, it was before, before when we were all in the eighth grade. They made it seem like, okay, I'm I'm from Jersey, so Nork in New Jersey it's um it, at the time I don't know how they do it now but it was a collective of high schools that you had to get accepted into it's called magnet schools okay yeah they have those in Chicago too okay yeah. so before um while we were in eighth grade they were all pushing us like it's either you go to a magnet school or you go to your district high school okay um because Nork is that big like it's so many places in high school in Nork to go to so they were like, it was like a fight or flight type of thing. It was like either you get your shit together so you go into these magnet schools or you're going to go to a little shitty district high school. And they made it seem like once you got accepted, that would look so much better on resumes. That would look, it would expose you to so many different things. But when we got there, everybody was hood just like us. The school's a piece of shit just like everywhere else. It was no different. Mm-hmm. It's, it's bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think that that's uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's kind of fucked up because then all the people that are like expiring, like inspiring artists, or like mm. want to learn how to do it and didn't have, I guess, like the opportunities or like the resources to do it, like in elementary school, mm. they it probably discouraged them, you know, going to high school, like not being right. able to get into the school they wanted to do, and that's like very discouraging. You could have had somebody who wanted to be artist all this time, but because they couldn't get to the you know into the high school, it probably completely like. Like completely discourage them. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a, that makes that makes my heart hurt. <laughs> yeah. Because they didn't have those type of things at my 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 school. Either. I think we took like one art class or something like that. Like in my, I went to a magnet school like first grade through like fifth grade, mm-hmm. first grade through sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to seventh eighth grade, the school no longer had it anymore. Okay. So I remember. One of the other girls on the podcast told me that this, there's a school here, the Fashion Industries High School, and you gotta have like a whole portfolio before you get in and out. Yeah. And like, 
I ain't got no portfolio. I can barely do as it is. And I probably would have got discouraged not being able to get into a fashion industry high school, which is interesting. Like, either they need to change the programs in some of the schools or just let it be open to people who are inspiring to do the arts. Because if you are passionate about something, you want to do something, you'll learn anything about it. Well, I, yeah. I agree. And I don't even know how they do it now anymore. I don't know. Um, the North Public School System changed since I left. So I don't know what I don't know what they're doing with my alma mater right now, but that's how it was for that's the basically the message they put out when we were in the eighth grade. It's like either you go to these you go to the high school in your area and you will get less education, less opportunities, or you go to a high school that you have to be accepted in. And mm -hmm. I had really shitty grades in the eighth grade. I didn't like school, so it was like I'm going. I'm I'm gonna go to Arts High or I'm not. I'm gonna go to Week Grade. Right. And I wasn't trying to go to Week Grade. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to go to Week Grade. <laughs> hmm. I get that. I understand that. I don't think I really got into it like that much until it got to like college. Oh nah, it yeah. was like it was crazy. As my mother, I I always said I wanted to go to Arts High. My mother was like. She's good like that. Like my mother was, my mother always exposed me to the arts. Like had me going to the North Museum, going to the city to go to museums and going to plays and things like that. She always made sure I was in the arts, but um, because my grades are so bad, it was like, okay, I'm gonna make sure she always painting, always drawing because she didn't want me to go to my um, district high school either. Gotcha. So what is your favorite artist and like what is like your favorite art time period? Um, I have both. I have two. So one is the Harlem Renaissance. Yes, and girl. my favorite artist out of that period was um, Romare Bearden. He was, yeah, he was, um, for those who don't know, he was, he was really good at um, collages. Yes. Collages was his medium. That was Amazing. his thing. And um I be I I like art history. Everybody hated it, and that was. I hated it too, except for that. I I loved when we talked. Well, actually, I take that back. I hated art history. I loved. Art I didn't. History. I didn't. I hated it. We had to take it too in college. I hated it, but I ended up taking. Um, they had a class called 1920s uh -huh. Black. It was Harlem 1920s uh -huh. Black Art and Literature. So we studied a lot of like Romare Bearden and it's just like all like the whole like Black Arts movement and stuff. But in my art history classes, we never did that. Like we did like 1800 um, to 1900, then like 1900 up or whatever. But we like skipped the fuck right over the Black Arts movement and like the Harlem Renaissance. Like you had to take a special class to learn just about those. But in art history, we didn't learn. We didn't do no Black Art at all. Nah, I, um, that was my favorite. I like history. That mm -hmm. was so. That was my favorite thing to do. Um, I passed art history like in college and in high school. But no, I really like Romeo Bearden. That was that was my favorite time period. And then the other was like the seventies with um, Andy Warhol. Yes. And then right after that in the eighties with Keith Haring. Only because with Andy Warhol, I like the fact that um, the artists were not becoming the celebrities. I don't really yearn to be famous, but. I appreciated how the art and the artists now became household names. Like they were, they were getting into clubs like rappers. Like they, they were getting into clubs. Like the fashion designers and the artists were now getting into clubs and don't have to stand in line like the rappers, the rappers do today. Right. Um, with Keith Haring, I appreciated how the art had a message without commercializing it. Nice. Like if that makes any sense. Like mm -hmm. so. Like he had something to say, but right. With still being true to himself. 
Right. So what's your favorite medium? Like he, I know your favorite was for him collaging. What's yours? Mm -hmm. <sighs> hard question. That is a hard <laughs> question. Cause I, I like to, I like to draw. I could bust the drawing down in like 10 minutes. I have, um, at one point I had two jobs this year and I would, on my, any of my lunch breaks or whenever it got slow, I would be drawing on receipt paper or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like I really like to draw it. I like to use markers because it's quicker and easier and more detailed, but I will paint all day. I so paint it's either or for me. Would you teach painting? You feel like that? Hell no, <laughs> no, no. My um, I had a boyfriend who was like, "Oh, you should be an art teacher." Because at the time I was taking um, sign language and I was passing sign language with fine codes, and he was like, Dope. "You should, um, you should use that." and put that with your art and you could go go for education go be an art teacher and i'm like i can't teach nobody shit. i don't have the patience i like my my stepdad wants me to teach my little sister how to paint and mm -hmm. i'm like i'll yeah. buy you a book <laughs> <laughs> i'll buy you a book <laughs> yeah i can't i can't i don't have the patience so no i wouldn't be a teacher gotcha, gotcha ever gotcha. um do you have like a like you feel like you have like an emotional attachment when it comes to art? Like how does it make you feel, or is it something that you want your clients to feel when they wear like things that you create? Absolutely, have an emotional attachment to it. I have to force myself to sell my shit. Like I don't even like selling you don't like it. letting it go. I don't like letting it go. Mm -hmm. um, one, cause I feel like nobody gonna freak at how I want them to. <laughs> <laughs> like you gonna wear it wrong. You gonna like you not gonna wear it right. Um, but the other part is because I don't want you, I want you to feel the way I feel about it, whether it be a painting, whether it be a design I created, um, whether it be something I painted on something for you, a custom, whatever. Mm -hmm. I want you to feel the way I feel about it when you wear it right. for all intended purposes. You got to really be into art and you got to really be into the culture of art, I think, right. to like really feel it. And sometimes they, it just, it's literally at the eye and that's it like it's right. nowhere else yeah <laughs> no i that so yeah i do have emotional attachment to it when i was um painting handbags out I, I would I love those, by the way thank you <laughs> i would go to the thrift store and i would just get a bunch of handbags and i would paint them mm -hmm. and one of them i had to really force myself to like really sell them my my best friend she was like getting on me like people love this one whenever you do a fashion show that's the one that get the most attention People always inquiring about it. Get out your feelings, get in your bag, go sell it. Right. And I eventually sold it, but like it's three other ones that I'm never gonna sell because I have an emotional attachment to it. Like those are mine, those are my babies. Everything I create, I feel like it's my baby. But my, would you would you recreate them? To no, sell? it's not gonna and be the same. Okay, so you won't recreate them, but then you won't sell them. Mm -mm. It's not gonna be the same. Hmm. I could, I could. Mm, it's not gonna be the same. Every piece is different. Yes, every piece is different. I have another, a whole nother bag. It was, um, I painted on a Birkin bag, a black tote, and I didn't want to sell that either. Mm. Like I would wear it for special occasions, didn't want to sell it. Finally, I was like, let me sell it. Everybody love it. And then it was a one of one, and um, my homegirl, her best friend wanted the same one. Mm. So she was like, I'll pay you extra if you just recreate it. And I, I did because I appreciated how much she loved it. But when I recreated, it was not the same. Like everything I do come out of an emotion in a moment. Like it's in a mood, it's not going to be the same. Right. It's definitely a mood. I feel real 
I would say I feel real like soothed and like relaxed and stuff like that. Like when I'm painting, like I feel like all my worries, like I'm just like I'm, I'm painting away, and then mm-hmm. I paint directly on top of it, mm-hmm. and then just doing something else again. Like and I've done that like several times, just like sitting in the crib, like just make painting stuff, then paint on top of it, then start over again. Then sometimes like, I write a whole bunch of words on there, then I white it out, and then I just do it all over again. But when I'm doing it, I feel good mm. and so I definitely know that it definitely is something like within you I wish I was a lot better I wish I was like had your skill set but Thank you. so <laughs> so far from that darling <laughs> um why do why are you like against trends and fads like because um it don't have it doesn't have any heart or any soul like it get watered down way too quick and then it turns to being something that's cheap looking like is it I, I really, I really hate it. I hate it. And um, But do you feel like that's a, being a rebel is like a disadvantage or an advantage to like your business? I, I thought about that when I first saw the list of questions. Um, I don't know. Because if you look at Alexander Wang, Alexander Wang never bend, never fold, never shake. He, he is what he is. And he's going to deliver that every single time and keep pushing the envelope forward mm-hmm. to the point where the cheap knockoff brands are copying off of him. He's not following what the trends are. But at the same time, if you look at iconic brands like Chanel or what have you, everybody wearing slides, we gonna make slides. You feel me? Like everybody wearing fanny packs, we gonna make fanny packs. And like I see, I see both sides, but I've. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm stubborn. I'm I'm not ready I'm like, yet. Oh, shit, I ain't ready to flex on them. So how is your business then? Like how? Like do you feel like? Where do you want to be with it? Like, where are you where are you going with it? Like, do you want you like? But you did say you you don't care to be famous. But you do you care to make money from it? I want to make money by by famous. I mean, like, I don't want me Nisi to be more than my brand. Like, I don't want that to be the afterthought. Like, I don't never want to have to go on Love and Hip Hop or some shit like that. Or if they make like the a, shade. No, for real, for real. <laughs> if they make like a, a art. Uh, art or fashion like let's I could picture Bravo coming out with a real housewives of fashion some bullshit like that yeah. and I have to be I up there be interesting though it like would, it should be like a show of like with all fashion designers I had thought about that one time like what if I could like write it up and pitch it then it should be like all like the fashion designers this artists this they like actually New York did New Jersey. Sh- they actually did a show like that on oxygen with um I think it's called house of style or something like that but the reason why I like that show is because it was focused on the industry and not the people. That's my point. When I say gotcha. I don't want to be famous, I I don't want me, Nisi, to be more relevant than the brand. I don't want to have to go on TV and fight bitches and shit like that. And then the, <laughs> at the at the reunion, at the end of the season, it's like, but I'm going to keep going forward with my brand. Like, y'all don't forgot I worked for this. Like, y'all forgot this is what I do. Like, I don't, I don't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. But my... What I see for my brand is, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, Ducky Confetti from New York City. I'm familiar like, with him. Like that, that's where I want to be with it. Like I want to be to the point where my my style, my brand, my collection is influential. I didn't like him at first. I think I've, I've grown I to like him. I've been following him since like the first item he ever sold. Mm-hmm. Like. That's where I want to be, like him, like Laquan Smith. Like, nah, I love Laquan Smith. Where... My, you know the clothes before you know the man. You get what I'm saying? True. That's where, I, but that's where I want my brand, like uh, in the vein, the same vein as a Patricia Fields or something like that. Like I want to be able to create forever and have my clothes speak for itself. 
-hmm. And um, I don't think I really want to be like in, in Neiman's. I used to say that because I used to work there and I hated how they treated me. So I'm like, oh, wait till y'all have my shit in here. But yeah. <laughs> I work with Saks, girl, so I know the feeling. I just stopped working at Saks. You just started? <laughs> I just stopped working at Saks. Oh, okay. The one right, uh, oh, Fifth Avenue. No, what? in Jersey. In Jersey. Um, and it was all Fifth. So, yeah, they super treated me bad. Mm. <laughs> but, no, I don't want to... Um, I don't want my I want to I don't want my goals for for my stuff to be in there. I do want to be a household name and a brand that people who really are into fashion and really are into art know me right. offhand. But uh, that's about it. That's all I want to do. Hmm. I do want to make money from out of hell. No, I don't want to keep working this job. <laughs> I work nine to five. Like, no, I don't want to keep working a job. I want to create and that I want to wake up, create, go to sleep. Like, that's all I want to do. Mm -hmm. But and I would like to make money. I would like to take care of my family. But you're not going to risk like, yeah, like, yeah, I guess that's the artist in me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm real sensitive about my shit. Like, I feel really that. sensitive about my shit. OK, so let's take a little break. We're going to do like fashion story segment. So okay. you want to talk about, because uh, you, you do do custom stuff for mm -hmm. people too. So we can talk about a time either where you had like a really, really successful story and it almost like gets you to the point where you was like crying or like either a disaster story that taught you like a very, very valuable lesson about business. Damn. Okay. Either one, success or disaster or both. I can't, well, all the, most of my art successes, like everybody who really inquires about my stuff really loves my, my things. Like, and the only thing with that is about 10% of them trust me, 90% of them don't. That's the only mm. thing. The 90%, they be on my ass. Like, Trying to micromanage you. Yes, mm -hmm. but the 10%, they like, do your thing, which you need extra, extra time, extra money, I got you. Mm -hmm. But um, I could think of a disaster. Yeah. Uh, it was, at the beginning, I was doing custom bags and illustrations, mm -hmm. and it was this girl. I don't. I think a fashion blog had reposted me, or no, the Cut Life had reposted me because nice, I, like I had just randomly made a illustration of like three girls. They all was like dressed really fly, and they all had short hair. So I just added the Cut Life, and the Cut Life reposted me. So mad people started following me. And this one lady, she was like, um, hey, I would like something to put in my office. She was a businesswoman from, like, Beverly Hills or something. She like, she said she wanted something in her office. And I did it. And I was doing stuff for really cheap back then. It was only $40. For, like, a, a big piece? Or just like For a, probably a little bit bigger than 8 by 11 But okay. it was a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Um I didn't know how to do things digitally at that point. Like, okay, so everything was hand? Everything was by hand. Mm -hmm. And I was charging really cheap for like my time and doing stuff by hand. I charged her $45. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't like it. She said, "My by the way, let me describe her. She was a dark-skinned, your complexion, thick mm -hmm. girl. And like she was like the true definition of a big girl. She had to be like a 22 or something. Like she was big. She had big breasts, big arms, big big ass, everything. She was big. She was a big girl. Mm -hmm. But she was really, 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 really stylish. Nice. And she wanted the picture to represent that. I drew her like I saw her, like yeah. I described her. Mm -hmm. She wrote me back. She was like, I don't like this. Um, you drew me too dark. Like I said, she had to be a little bit darker than you. But she was like, you drew me too dark. I'm lighter than you. Like, she thought she was lighter than me. And she said, um, I'm not even this big. And so she was telling me what size she, like, oh, I wear 14. And I'm like, girl, I wear 14. 
Eight. But it sounds like she had a problem with her, like her, herself. Like, that's what and I'm it, the drawing wasn't really a problem because you, you definitely painted and drew exactly what you saw. Right. So for her, she has like some insecurities about her weight or like her skin complexion, which had nothing to do with you, but she took it out on you. She did. She she blocked me. Um, she did, had really bad stuff to say about me via email. Like she wasn't happy, and it, it mm. fucked me up because I was like. That was my first time experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, it fuck you up. <laughs> I got <laughs> fucked up a few times. Like it fuck damn, me up. like damn, like do I suck? Like am I that bad? Like that I had went to my cousin. I was like about to cry and shit. I'm like I, she don't fuck with me at all. Like she blocked me. Like I ain't never been blocked. Before. Right. Like, I don't bother <laughs> nobody. Like she blocked me. Like damn. But that was like one disaster. Mm-hmm. Like it's like she really and it had you questioning yourself for and your real, yeah, for real. Been no. there, been there, done that. Mm-hmm. To the point where I stopped. Like I was doing something the whole my whole winter break from school. I was like, I right, this whole time I'm drawing, I'm shipping shit out, whatever y'all need. Like mm-hmm. I got y'all. I after with how she felt, I stopped. I stopped. I went right back to school. Don't ask me to draw shit. Like I stopped. <laughs> it took over. Like it took over because her opinion was just, it had. It, Trust me, I had to have that same feeling. And mine was a voicemail. Mm. Voicemail, like, and it was not even the girl who I had made an item for. It was her mother. It was a prom. And she was like, but the day of, she was fine. Like, everything was beautiful. And I, I, I think she ripped her dress or something like that at prom or whatever. But she had on, I told her, I was like, you know, you got to be graceful in this. It was like a tool or whatever. And I still, it was lining in there and everything. Mm. And I guess she stepped on, you stepped on the goddamn dress, not me. Mm. Like, and it ripped, and this tool is light. It's not, like, it's going to, it's tool. It's going to fucking rip. Tool's <laughs> going to fucking rip. I'm sorry. Especially if you fucking stepping on it or you try to fucking juke your boy in it or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but it was a lot. And then, the voicemail, it sounded even worse because the, the family was Dominican, so it was like a Spanish curse out. So I understood some of it, and some of it I'm like, huh? But I, what I did here was like, you can't sew. Like, you can't. <laughs> That's what I did here. Like, this is awful. I can't believe it. Like, you can't sew. No, I like, I can't sew. Yes, I can't sew. Like, Damn. and I felt shitty. I did go into like, I, I ain't going to say it was a depression, but I did stop making prom after that year. That was the last time I've done it, and that was in 2016. And it wasn't just her. It's just like that whole year for me just was very, very difficult, and it did have me questioning mm-hmm. like whether I wanted to do this or not. And I had an issue with a prom. I had an issue. I had a couple prom issues. I had some wedding issues. It was just like all at one time. Like, oh, wow. It was like a series back-to-back of like complaints or whatever. And I'm like, damn, I'm really doing the best I can. And I know that when they wear it, and it was always after the fact. Mm-hmm. It was never beforehand or anything like that. It was always like, and I would sometimes get these messages or these emails weeks later. And it's just like, well, why you ain't say something to me before? Like, is it that you just want your money back? Mm-hmm. But and it's, I feel like every situation is always a way of handling it and speaking right. to someone about it. The way that it was being brought to me was just so mean and so negative. Like, I would never talk to nobody like that. Like, right. I would never treat anyone like that. Right. And I had a situation recently where, like, for my, my birthday, like, my birthday dress, I got it from a black designer because I could have just made the shit myself. Right. But I'm like, no, I ain't going to do that. I'm gonna Wait, it. the red one? Mm-hmm. I got that from another black designer. She's based in um, Louisiana. Oh, and that was nice. Yeah. I'm, that, I'm about to copy off that for New Year. <laughs> that's not how it looked when I got it, though. Oh. I spent $430 in alterations because I couldn't even fix it. I had to take it to somebody who had been sewing for... 50 years to fix it. I've been sewing for 15 years. I could not fix that dress for the life of me. But I was upset, and I got it the week of my birthday. Mm-hmm. And I could have cursed her out to 
all in like people have done me mm-hmm. but i asked her i said honey what 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 went wrong because mm-hmm. something had to happen like did you feel rushed mm-hmm. or like what was the things i ordered the dress in december so you had a you know quite a few amount of weeks or whatever i ordered like mid-december and my party was the beginning of january mm-hmm. so she started crying on the phone and i wasn't even i wasn't even mean i was just like you know i wrote down all the comments you know like because that's what i do at work i do tech design so i'm i do fittings and like construction and stuff like that so the, the way i would like write my comments down in the email to send to the factory i wrote them like the same layout and i sent them to her about okay. everything that was like wrong and but it wasn't mean at all and sh- you know i was like you know if you want to hop on a call we let's talk and i talked to her and i was just like i can tell that this may but this was on your website, so it's not like I designed it or anything mm. like that. This is how it was on your website, so it's not like I actually make something custom for me. I'm literally buying what you're selling on your right. website, and on your website, and the dress was eight hundred dollars. Right. So after speaking to her, I was real nice to her. I was like, um, you know, I'm gonna get it fixed. You know, don't worry about it. But I do need you to pay for these alterations to get okay. this dress fixed. And you know, you really gotta do quality control. Like you really, really should not send anything out the door like this. Like even if you didn't have someone who had the same body frame as me you could put this on the dress form and see how bad it right. is like one sleeve was like two inches longer than the other like the they put in she put a, a cheap ass like plastic zipper in there i ain't gonna say her name but it's like a cheap ass like plastic zipper in the front it was a whole bunch of beads missing on the back it was ripped and torn up on the inside girl the whole neckline was on the gangster lean and all the lining in there was like a cheap ass satin it was all twisted and messed up too but I actually ended up making her a client girl. Now she she's a client for LC Apparel Consultant. So I was like, you know, I can help you with this because I do think that you have a great aesthetic and your designs are great, but you not you don't know how to execute. But I got the resources to execute for you if I would have been doing it from the beginning. So I actually ended up remaking that dress in black for another one of her clients no, and sent it to her. That's and a I great made her way a client. Like I'm like, you know, you you. I know, I know that you have the talent, uh, but your execution just was bad. Right. But I, but I actually, I can, I can help you. Well, I can put you on to some people that can help you, you know? And that's how I handled it, but. No, that's a great way to handle it. Like, mm-hmm. um, somebody, the person who helps me with um, my t-shirts and printing and stuff, Emma, mm-hmm. um, she, I do art for her too, but mm-hmm. it's the way, if she doesn't like something, she doesn't have a problem calling me and saying, hey, not I'm not saying you're shitty, but I don't like this. Let's fix that. Exactly. Like it's all and it's all the way, way you speak to people. Right. All the way you speak to people, all the way you handle it. No, that girl blocked me. Um and she was I think I forgot what she did for a living, but she was um very influential. I'm not she sure. She didn't like had a post about it, or, like put it. She did like, not put post comments about it. Okay. She did not refer people, people to me. She did not tag me. No, she blocked me. Like she didn't want the N or the M anywhere near our page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's petty. Petty, 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 petty. All right, so how do you feel about, like, creating things and being ahead, but then, like, seeing things in the media? Like, you may have drew something or designed something years and years ago, and then you see it out. Do you feel like, damn, I was procrastinating and I didn't do it first? Like, do you feel any type of way about not being the first when you know that you created it a long time ago? If anybody could see me and my friend Faith's DMs, they would literally see that that's all our DMs is. Talking about, about people and talking about how I, she watched me draw this X amount of years ago and this person is selling it or this company is selling it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was a viewer, this is my view on it. If I was somebody who's seen me doing that all the time, mm-hmm. we don't give a shit. I don't think nobody really give a shit if I made a shoe in 2012 and Gucci put it out X amount of years ago. 
They don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about who did it first. It's about who did it the best. Right. Like, don't nobody care. That's like that's like if you was you used to hustle or I used to sell drugs. I used to be the I used to be the biggest hustler. I used to have all these cars. Don't nobody care what you used to do. <laughs> like don't nobody care what you how much True. money you used to be getting. Like you don't get money now. Like so don't nobody care that I used to draw this or I designed this before and I'm I don't have it now. I don't have it for sale now, so don't nobody care. I do that because I'm petty. Like I want I do that for me. Like, I repost, oh, I drew this X amount of years ago, and now this company is selling it now because I'm petty, like, mm-hmm. and I do it for me. But how do I feel about it? Honestly, feel like it's on me to, like, I right, stop complaining and just start doing. Um, I can't sew. I can't sew for shit. And I tried three times. I went to three different classes. I went to YouTube University. I did all that. And it's a YouTube university? Yes. YouTube University, meaning I set watch YouTube and try to take oh. a sewing class. No, I thought it was like an actual. Like, okay. No, <laughs> I'm like it's a like, they have a class on like how to u- utilize YouTube and like make money. <laughs> I didn't take that shit. <laughs> I went um and watched a bunch of you bunch of YouTubes and I tried to sew from there and it just never worked. Like it never worked. So I can't sew, but I can draw the fuck out of a vision. But so that's the only thing stopping me from making these things. Like I can't sew and I really can't afford to pay somebody to execute my designs. But that's the only thing. But soon come, I will eventually get there. But I don't think nobody care. Like I think the people who support me, they care and they like, yeah, bitch, you really ill. Like you been was you been was on that. They late. But the masses, they don't give a shit. They don't care. <laughs> True. They don't care. True. Like, True. okay, you did that. What you doing now? Like, <laughs> they don't care. That's true. <laughs> I never thought about it like that. Because I was like, because I have some, some too, like some sketches up that I've seen. Like, mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you stop fucking procrastinating and you just start doing this shit. But I guess it really don't matter. Like, it's like, it's not about who did it first. It's about who does it. Like, the right. best. So I'm just like, you know, when I actually do do it, because it's been on my wall for, mm-hmm. I don't know how long. And I end up seeing it. I actually saw it at Red the Runway. And I went ahead and rented this shit and wore it to um, a sneaker boy gala, and the fit was terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, in the way it fit, the way it clutched, like the materials, and I was just like, I shouldn't feel no type of way about this at all, because when I make it, the way I drew it on my wall, it's gonna feel better, the fabric's gonna be better, the fit is gonna be better, right. and I just scrapped that up. But I used to think like that often, and I'm like, damn, yo, I had that shit on, uh, that's been on the fucking wall, but you That's not, what I'm saying. And I, I found myself getting discouraged sometimes or whatever, but also just like trying to figure out exactly what I want to do. All I want to do is make jumpsuits and jackets, that's mm-hmm. it. Jumpsuits, jackets, and bags. And it took me a while to get there, and my, I still ain't made no jumpsuit, jacket, and bag. I mean, I have like everything sketched out, I got fabrics, but it's like I haven't got back down to that sewing machine yet to actually produce a collection, I think, because I'm still, I think I'm still scorned. I think I'm still scoring, y'all. I ain't there yet. That's why I like help other people out because I'm just like, oh no, no I just want it to be right and I want it to be done. So I'm just trying to take my time with it and like stay inspired as mm-hmm. well. So if I knew how to sew, like I'd be killing. I have sewing classes. I saw. <laughs> like, I, I saw. I just <laughs> I, I'm scoring like like I said, I, girl. I don't went to FIT to mm-hmm. go learn how to sew from a costume designer. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's different in the classroom. I I can't. I did, me and the sewing machine don't get along. I have a sewing machine that my aunt gave me, mm-hmm. and it's just sitting on my art desk. 
Like not being used. <laughs> not being touched. I could sew by hand all day, mm. but that me and that machine, we just don't get along. But if I could use that machine, I would be killing right now. Like mm. I would be killing people. You probably need one on one attention. So if you want to catch that's class, probably just let me know. Because no, I, I, I mean, see I, you posting yeah. about it, and I every time I see it, I'm like, damn. But. It's just being that machine. I'm gonna try again. Yeah, you should. I'm gonna like, try you again. Should. Then, or if you even want to do like learn how to do like pattern making, like how to create like different silhouettes. That's like, the I, thing. I, I don't know how to make no pattern. That's what I teach <laughs> pattern making and I teach draping. So, <laughs> like, if you want to, because even like with, because with me, like I, I don't sew as much as I used to. I still do, but like I don't ever do the finishes. So I'd rather make the pattern. I'd rather make the pattern and cut everything out, mm. and then I could take it to like the dry cleaner or somewhere else to sew it or whatever. I sew some stuff like if I'm in a hurry or whatever. But a lot of the time, like sewing is the last aspect of it. Um, it's the most detailed. Well, right. Pattern is really detailed too because you mm. got to make sure that fit the shit fits. Like okay. it ain't lopsided. But I definitely think that it's something that is worth learning together. Like okay, and then it'll it'll make sense if you learn them at the same time because that's how I learn. I learned how to pattern make. Well, I learned how to sew when I was a kid. But like like professionally, like in school, I took pattern making and sewing on the same day. One class in the morning, oh, one class in the evening. So mm-hmm. I was learning. It was it was making so much sense because I was doing them together. So it's yeah, like I'm like, going to the pattern, but then I'm going to the sewing machine. So the shit was making so much sense because it was correlated with one another. Okay. So no, I when it comes to I, me and we just don't get along. Like the first outfit I ever made was for my baby doll. Me and my grandmother did it. Mm. My grandmother used to like sew the house down, but <laughs> um. <laughs> but arthritis <laughs> took over but she um when i was little i had to be like nine years old she was like come on let's make some outfits for your baby doll she had a bunch of fabric that was old that she wasn't using so we did that she showed me how to cut out a pattern i made like three outfits for my baby doll on the same day and i designed everything that i wanted she showed me how to make the pattern then it was none of the fabric she had had prints on them, so I drew all the patterns, like mm-hmm. all the prints on the fabric by, with mark with magic marker, and made an outfit for my baby doll. But I did it all by hand, like all like this. I, me and that machine, we just do not get along. But I could design the fuck out of something, like my attention to detail, my aesthetic, everything. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry, but I'm that ill like that, like. I could, I could, my vision is like out of this world. Like I could come up with a creation that is light years behind, beyond what people are doing. Um, it's just that fucking machine. We don't get along at all. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. I compare myself to like Bob Mackey. Like I don't think Bob Mackey was sewing all them stuff he did. All that stuff he did for Cher and Diana. But hell no. He, but, but <laughs> no, hell but no. But it's iconic and people, people know Bob Mackey. Like, yeah, I like, it's a lot. It's so many people who don't sew. Because you don't really, like I said, you don't really have to. As long as you know how to construct it. Okay. That's the main thing. Like, okay. The main thing is just knowing how to construct it. You ain't got to personally know how to sew yourself. But you just need to know what to look for. And you need mm-hmm. to be able to tell somebody what you want. So if you can learn the technology and you'll learn a lot of that. And like pattern making, you ain't got to really sew. Because like okay. sewing, it really is for someone who's like super duper like skilled at it. Because like I'm, I would say I'm pretty good. And I still will send it. I will send it out. Like okay. I send it out all the time. Like I can teach it and I know how to do it very well. But I, to me, I don't be having time girl i ain't got time now i had the patience like i used to have so now i'm just like i ain't got and then i'll be wearing my nails longer that should be just getting on my nerves sometimes so i'm just like you know what i'm gonna just take it somewhere else to get it so but <laughs> it just kind of it just depends on my mood and all honesty like it really does 
So uh, ghetto fat. I saw that on your page. Ghetto fabulous with a runway quality. Explain like how you came up like with this tagline and like how your like your background and like where you from play a part in like that being like. Your, I got your that from Dame Dash. Um, really? Yeah, I think he he was. I don't remember what movie it was. I don't know if it was Fade to Black or Backstage or what tour movie it was, mm-hmm. but he was trying to describe the rapper Emil. Um, if you yes, yes if you it was called Backstage. Okay, it was in Backstage. Yep. If you like if anybody movie. familiar with Emil, like that's how they was trying to market her. Mm-hmm. She was real pretty in the face. She had a model physique, and she was wearing designer. But she was ghetto. Like, she talked real hood. If you watch State Property, she said oh, out yeah. her mouth with a very sweet, high-pitched voice, I'll murder that bitch. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's what she said. So, um, that's, that's, that's what he used to describe her. Ghetto fabulous with, run, with runway quality. And I felt like that was the perfect way to, um, I don't know if I owe him money or not, but that was the perfect way <laughs> to, to describe what I'm doing. <laughs> to describe what I'm doing. Um, my background plays a part in this because, again, I'm from Newark, um, particularly the South Ward in Newark. Um, I don't know nothing about Jersey, child. Okay. What's if, so? You got to give me the <laughs> on it. So, so Newark is like separated in sections. I'm from the South, so I'm from the South Ward. Mm-hmm. And anybody familiar with the South Ward know that nobody get fly like a South Ward nigga. Like a nobody South get Ward nigga. Nobody get fly like a South Ward and this girl. Is South Jersey. No, not no. South Jersey. Two different things. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, break it, girl, break it, Mm-mm. school me real quick South, so I can be South, talking to somebody from Jersey and act like I know what I'm talking about. South Jersey is literally the country. That's the sticks. Mm-hmm. The f- more south you go, it's either the beach or it's the farms, gotcha. one or the other. But no, um, I'm from North Jersey. That's at the top. But inside of Newark, from the south part of Newark. Um, but yeah, nobody dressed like us. Like, I remember... Um, going to school like i would walk to school and i remember seeing the girls going to week wake high school and they would be older than me but they'd be wearing stuff that i can't wear like i couldn't wear or my mother wasn't jacking that shit. like i just i just couldn't wear that shit. Mm-hmm. but i wished i could wear that i wish i could dress like them i wish i could get fly like them mm-hmm. and i always liked how like yo know, like even the niggas like we niggas would get fly just to hustle outside like true just to be outside just to be outside <laughs> like but nobody do it do it like us. Like nobody do it like the Southwood, and that's like the like that's what plays in a part of the things I do. Like I like the I want to keep the essence like the same way. Of like people, where you from? Right, the same way. Where you grew up? From Harlem, put on for Harlem everywhere they go. That's Facts. what I want to do for where I'm from. So that's what where I'm from coincides with my brand. Makes sense. I like that. Cause I know sometimes you can kind of like lose yourself in your designs and stuff like that. So right. it's actually really good that you like you keep that connectivity to like where you're from. The, right. the guy I had on last week, same thing. He like you know my shit is for the streets. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. I'm from the streets, and he called it like luxury, like urban apparel. He's from Brooklyn, but he's in Atlanta now. He's like still like the way I moved when I was in Brooklyn and the mm-hmm. way I move out here is the same way. Like my shit is for the streets. Like right. this is where I'm from, and I'm like I like that. Like I really do. I enjoy it, and I appreciate that that people like really really stay with. That's that's your history too. Like knowing you your history, think, but that's also your history as well. Right. If you think about really, really the the term ghetto fabulous, if you think about that era in fashion when um high end brands were now busting down doors to dress rap stars, mm-hmm. that was really 
a time where like the the fashion hasn't been the same since. That's also what has a lot to do with that that tagline. The fashion hasn't been the, been the same since that era, mm-hmm. where they were looking to the streets to Facts. figure out what to put on the runway. They I thought like they trying it now. They trying it now, so but bad. That's especially the high end designers that don't have no idea about that's nothing from the fucking streets. That's <laughs> my point. That's my point. That's my point. And the they fact always that, miss the mark, and that's how you fucking end with end up with fucking uh, blackface on clothes and monkey on clothes because like they trying so hard to like be for the culture but you ain't never lived it that's you ain't never been point. in it they're not like, hiring people they're not putting people in the fashion houses that are are from this ilk or from this cloth to guide them mm-hmm. like they're so busy trying to market what's selling in the rap industry but they not they're not doing their research and i remember like i said it was a time where we were controlling what was being designed if right. you, like if you remember like when Lil' Kim was like the pinnacle, like Lil' Kim, Mary J. Blige, like when Absolutely. Misa was styling them, yeah. not, they, nobody was dressing like that. Facts. And even when Baby Fat came out, Baby Fat was a high-end brand. Like people yeah. forget I that. Remember. I remember. Baby I Fat had, cost I had grip. a few pieces, girl. I had a white dress with gold buttons. I had a yellow dress. I had quite a few. That's like, like, Kamora was, like she her was, shit yeah, I wore her shit co- to uh, high school cost, homecoming. Costing grip, like. And it, it, it took me three checks to pay my mama back. I worked at McDonald's full time. I worked 40 hours a week and I just wanted it so bad. And I was just like, I'm not gonna be able to afford it before homecoming mm-hmm. comes. So if you pay for it for me, like I promise you, like I just pay you back each check with each check I get. And it took me three fucking McDonald's checks to Man, pay my mama back listen, for that goddamn baby fat outfit. When baby fat was at its height, I was way too, I think I was in the sixth grade, sixth mm-hmm. or seventh grade when it was at its height. It's, it used to be this mall, and it used to be this mall in North called Valley Fair. It's like this big store. Valley Fair was they shit was they would get the clothes off the truck, and then discount it. So they was selling baby fat rockwear all that in there, but for discounted prices because it was like stolen off the truck and shit. But even my grandmother wasn't trying to buy it out of Valley Fair because it cost too much. Wait, how much? They would like, for example, it was this rockwear coat that I wanted. I think the coat was like four hundred dollars. Yeah. And Valley Fair was selling it for ninety nine. My grandmother said, get the fuck out of here. Like I'm not <laughs> I'm not Yeah, my mom never bought I'm not buying thing. no bubble with the fur on the hood yeah. for no ninety nine. I never I never got anything designer until I started working at McDonald's child. And them checks like I was working like a full ass grown woman. Like I was <laughs> leaving I had worked at two thirty I got out of school at two thirty. Mm-hmm. I got to McDonalds at three o'clock. I worked from three to eleven every day. Like I worked eight hour shifts or whatever because I mean in high school I was making what like six fifty seven right, dollars. Right. So like I needed to work there. And then on the weekends I would work morning shifts. Mm-hmm. I would work like an overnight shift. Like and it was honestly just to like buy myself nice things to get my hair done. Mm-hmm. I had I bought my first car and shit like that. But mostly bitch buying clothes. Right. Because I ended up transferring high schools and going to a, a high school literally one town over. Mm-hmm. And they was everybody over there had money. Their parents had money. Like, right. All these kids already had cars. I had to save up mm-hmm. to get mine but all these kids was rapping like like mama's bmws and they mercedes and stuff like that like it was such a rich area and i just wanted to keep up like i feel like i needed to keep up with them so that's why i was like okay i'm gonna go give me an outfit every every check i was in it was the place called jonathan's girl and they had bb that not bb it's not bb they had baby fat they mm-hmm. had peppy it's i bought a peppy coat it was yeah too. i had it was a peppy that i wanted that was um that shit was hard Apple too bottoms. It was um it was a jean it was like a jean patchwork set it had the jacket with the matching with the matching pants and then mm-hmm. the white tank top it was Pepe 
that shit was like $70 a piece in, in a <laughs> discounted place. And my grandmother was not going for it. Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not paying as much. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's when streetwear was respected as yeah. high-end clothing. That like, was. they knew their worth, so they was marketing that much. But now so it's like... Clothing. It's watered down now yeah. to where you have fucking Fendi mimicking Fila. Like, I saw that too. I, don't, I, yeah. I hate like it. Like their shoes and stuff. I was like, that's interesting. Mm. I still, I, I bought Fila's. I'm not buying no Fendi's, but I bought Fila's. <laughs> I'm actually buying Miss Fila's. They should be on the way right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hate it. I hate it. But I just want to go back to that time where like we had our own identity. Like we had our own brands that were also high end brands. They were from the streets but they were made and marketed as high-end, and it was nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. True. So, so far, what is your biggest challenge like for entrepreneurship and being a black designer? Is it like getting clients? Is it is it money? Is it like acceptance, social media? Like, you feel like your presence? Um, like, what's, what's been your biggest challenge thus far? It's definitely not acceptance. Every, everybody fuck with me, and everybody who <laughs> fuck with me Thanks. tell people to fuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the time, like I said, I was just working two jobs. Um, I would be going to work, my shift would be at 8.30, and then I wouldn't get home, I wouldn't get off from my second job to two, till 10.30, and during the holidays, it will be midnight, mm-hmm. um, 12.30. So I would be working from literally morning to the next day. It's not the time, because when I was there, I was, I was doing work at, on my lunch breaks. I was doing um, Nisi Marie business, at my first job, when shit would get slow, mm-hmm. I would be answering client emails. I would be finishing drawing. I, I would be on my, <laughs> I'd be on my iPad, still finishing a commission. I would be sending. I had my boyfriend send things out. Um, I had my boyfriend sending stuff out. I I would I would utilize the place. Yes, who, boyfriend, <laughs> for being with me for everything. Yes, I, the place who do my printing for my t-shirts and my hoodies and stuff. She was having me use her as a hub she would ship my shit out if he couldn't do it like yeah, i would have him pick up drop off me customers go to the like it, it's a it's that's a way up. out of no of way people, like, like resources right it's, yeah, it, time is i don't want to hear that time shit like we, <laughs> we got the time time is definitely there it's definitely mm-hmm. definitely social media for me mm-hmm. simply because um simply because if i'm going through something i'm an introvert like naturally if i'm going through something personally or if i really truly truly honestly do not feel well mm-hmm. i don't want to be on the internet i don't want to be on the internet i don't want to talk to y'all i don't like my phone is on silent i don't want to talk about nothing like i don't care um and i'm learning like just recently i had major surgery um in february i had major surgery um and I was out for a couple of days. And I noticed like once I got back on, my followership went down, my views went down, my contact interactions went down, like everything went down. It's like, social media don't give a fuck. Like if you're not posting, if you're not active, if you're not visible, they don't care. Yeah, I That's, noticed that, that you have to keep your content like you have to keep it. You have to keep people engaged. But that's I, I it is a struggle because like like I said, if I'm going through, if I'm in a bad mood, and I have think I have moments where I really be in a mood where I really just want to go in my shell, go under the covers, go to sleep. I don't want to interact with y'all. Mm-hmm. 
they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. You gotta constantly have content, like right. Posting, and that's just a struggle, which is why they got all these different things that were like scheduling posts out and mm-hmm. like having a computer like write comments and mm-hmm. like pictures and shit like that for you. And I'm like, that's. I get it. It's a business or whatever, but I'm like, it's 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 hard. It's, it's challenging. It's and very, I see why people hire people for simply social media. Like mm-hmm. I see why people do schedule posts because it is it is a lot. Like I said, if I'm not in the mood, mm-hmm. I don't want to be seen. I don't That's care true. if you care about my visibility. I don't want to be seen. Facts. But they don't care. That's the hardest part is social media. Right. So, do you prefer custom or a collection? Uh, custom, mm-hmm. custom. Um, I want to do a collection because I got like collections in the tuck. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to do a collection, but um, custom right now is nice. It's nice. I like that people want one of ones and people like what I'm doing. Gotcha. So, okay. And so, what are your long term goals for Nisi Mariko? Um, like I said earlier, I want to be. For what I see for myself, I want to be like a Laquan Smith, a Ducky Confetti, a Patricia Fields. Like, gotcha. I want to, I want to, you know, put on for where I'm from, mm-hmm. and I don't want to have to be everywhere for you to get to know me. I want you to gotcha. be engaged. You get my stuff online, or you come to Jersey, or you come to the city to mm-hmm. get a Nisi Marie, or one of one, or something that's from the collection. I don't really desire to. <clears throat> be in all of the high-end de- um, department stores or anything like that. But further than that, I want to be like a prominent fashion house. Like that's further than that. That's where I want to be, like a prominent fashion house where people know me. They get excited fashion week because they're ready to see me. Nice. Like that's where I want to be. So just tell everybody where they can find you and how to keep up with you. And then if you have like any, um, like an exhibit or any like readers that you suggest um, for people to just like, you know, stay inspired or anything like that. Uh, okay. You could find me in ecmarie.com. That's N-I-S-S-Y-M-A-R-I-E.com. Um, Instagram, I am Nisi Marie CO. I had to use the CO at the end because somebody's using Nisi Marie and they haven't used Instagram in 10 years. Um, <laughs> Twitter, same thing, Nisi Marie Co. Um, what was the other question? Uh, do you have like just like a recommendation of like an exhibit or a reading or anything? Um, to oh, keep go to the MoMA. Everybody needs to go to the Modern Museum of Art. Um, the Met is cool, but go to the MoMA. Go to the MoMA. <laughs> go to the MoMA. Um, try, it's a lot of a lot of like low key museums and exhibits. Um, it's this Instagram page called Cheap Art Dates. Mm-hmm. They always post great places and low key places that also have free admission. Nice. You go to to see, get inspired. They have they do a lot of cool trips and shit like that. Dope. Well, thank you for joining me today. I'll also have Nisi's uh, information in the show notes, so you could definitely keep in, up and keep in contact with her there. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Stay black. Peace out. Thank you. Thank you. How you in this shit? The live. Oh, oh you just. <laughs> <laughs>